Um, okay, cool. So this is what we're going to do now. We're going to get uh, Herbert up on stage here. He's going to host the panel with the wonderful Alexandra Mertz. And we got some uh, uh, folks here remote as well. So please welcome on the stage Herbert and Alexandra. Hey guys. This... Hello, hello. Yep. Ready? All right, man. Thank you so much, Farzad. My name's Herbert. And just before we go and start, want to give Farzad an incredible shout out. He is the most professional. He is a pillar of our Tesla community. Thank you, Farzad, for doing everything you give. Yeah. So that, that's what I wanted to say, and then I found out that he's only good because of his producer wife, Cindy. If it wasn't her, I might be just about as good as he is. So I have a YouTube channel called Brighter with Herbert, and because you guys are calling Cindy producer wife, my wife wants to be called Brighter Wife, and she yes, wants to she meet is. you, producer wife, yeah. Okay, so what we're gonna show you is a panel, it's a, a podcast that we do every Tuesday, it's called Cyber Bulls, and it is about people who love Tesla, who love investing. So we're gonna talk about that, I'll introduce the panel members, but before we get started, who here loves Tesla? Okay, who here, uh, raise your hand if you have an investment in Tesla, do you own Tesla stock? Okay. Now, there's several kinds of investors, and each one of us represent a different kind of investor, and we kind of debate with each other whose style is better. I want to know from you guys, and you don't have to raise your hand if it doesn't fit your style, and you can raise your hand multiple times, okay? So the first wind is, are you a long-term investor? Are you a momentum investor? Wait, just wait. Long-term investor, momentum investor, or are you an options trader? Okay, let's get started. Raise your hand if you're an options trader. If you trade Tesla as options. Just a few pokes, okay? Do you believe in momentum trading? So if Tesla was high, like it was last year, did you sell Tesla? Ryan, no way. <laughs> okay, okay. So very few people would sell Tesla in this room, okay? Because I think if you buy Tesla in the morning, uh, when it's low, that does not mean you're a momentum investor. Okay, who here is a long-term investor? Like you will just hold it forever. Okay, wonderful. Okay, so let's get started. Let me introduce you to the Cyber Bulls. This is Alexandra Mertz. She is known as, <laughs> I guess you guys all know her. Yeah, she is Tesla Boomer Mama, and we call her the Power Bull. And the reason why she's a Power Bull is because she gets shit done, right? I mean, she is the person that single-handedly got investment grade credit rating happening. Um, and so she went, all in on Tesla a few years ago. And so she started to follow who are the big whales, investment firms. So if you wanna follow her Twitter, you'll know who's doing that. And she also has an amazing sub stack and she keeps track of all the, her latest one is a, a full deep dive on all the uh, board members of Tesla. So thank you, Alexandra, welcome. Thank you, Herbert. Thank okay. you for having me here. And thank you for being all so nice to me because that really helps. I was super nervous and I think this is gonna go just well. Thank you very much. Okay, next up is Chris, Christian, there he is. Christian is our um, momentum investor. We call him the stoic bull. So the guy thinks that he can buy when it's, or sell, or buy when it's low and sell when it's high. He's been timing the market, he told me, since he was five years old. <laughs> that right, Christian? That's a long time ago, Christian. We can't hear you, Christian. Okay, so he, he's actually an ex-financial advisor, but do not take anything we say today as advice. But he's amazing. He's actually done well that he's actually retired. He's a little too young to be retired at this point. Okay, next up is Xander. 
We call him the YOLO bull. You only live once. He's young. And the guy, now that's a real all-in, okay? You tell me if anybody sold your house to buy Tesla. And tell me if you actually bought a Tesla Semi. Anybody in this room have owned a Tesla Semi? Yeah, one guy, right? Earlier this morning, we had one guy. This guy bought a Tesla Semi. He, uh, so he has five yogurt shops, and he's busy, but four, four yogurt shops only. Once a fifth one come in. And he is the expert in options trading. So both, uh, both these guys have been teaching me about momentum investing and option trading. And then we have Jeff Lutz. Jeff is the rational bull. When you hear him talk, you'll hear rational thinking, okay? Not like us. <laughs> so Jeff is a, this guy is a senior executive at all the big name companies you can think of. You name them, he's been a consultant for them. He's actually consulting now with some big names that we're not supposedly allowed to talk about. He's an expert in supply chain, factories, anything to do with quality. He's the guy that knows what to do. Okay, let's get started. This is Cyberbulls. Tesla is the most consequential company in the world. I'm just a bull on the EV business. I think the margins are going to explode. Still the same company. Company is still executing. The energy is bigger than the auto business. I'm, I'm the young bull that, that talks a lot of smack. All right, so the first question is going to go to Alexandra, right? So we just watched, we just watched an incredible Investor's Day presentation. It was a long presentation, right? My first question to Alexandra, the perfect person to ask is, was this the right presentation to the right audience, right? So we heard that there's 250 people there, 200 of them were institutional analysts, and 50 people were retail. Was what we saw the right thing for them to do for the, this audience? I don't think it was 200 analysts. I think it was about half of them analysts and half of them real investors, institutional investors. Now, I was a fund manager before. If I would have never known Tesla, I think this was very interesting. Much too long, no doubt about it, but once you're in there, what do you do? So they really retraced the whole history of Tesla and the whole future vision. So for somebody who wants to invest on the long term, and that's what Tesla is after, having long-term investor, I think this was the right presentation. Now, was it really lots of new news for us retail investors who are, you know, very motivated and know so much about Tesla and breathe Tesla every day? Probably not. But for that public, for those investors, I think it was exactly what was needed. A little bit too long, but hey, that's it. But the content was there, yes. Okay, fantastic. Xander, Xander, are you here? All right, so this guy made a big giant bet before today so most of us here, we said, is long-term investors, right? So we don't care about what happens this week. This guy made an options bet. Can you tell us what you think is going to happen to the stock tomorrow and this week? Um, so I don't know anything more than you guys do. I just uh, trade around the margins. Most of my portfolio is very long. Um, I haven't been very active, but I uh, sell puts and I sell calls uh, against my portfolio to uh, you know, generate uh, income. And so I, I had a put open. Uh, sold a put of a 180 uh, earlier uh, or last week on Friday. And then I closed it out on Monday um, at about a 75% gain. Uh, it's not not tremendous money, but uh, it helps pay for any margin interest uh, that, that you might have if you're playing around with that. Uh, but, you know, you, you, you said options expert. I 
I would not say that at all. I, I learned this stuff on YouTube for crying out loud. So uh, don't listen to me. Uh, but uh, I did sell some calls uh, up to 250, 250 and 260 uh, for this Friday. So I don't think we're going to get this crazy pop. Um, I think that uh, the uh, uh, investing world still doesn't understand that this is it isn't just a car company. So um, until until they, they get it, uh, we're going to continue to uh, trade sideways for a little while. Christian. Christian. Is Tesla still a car company? Did what we hear today convince the world that maybe by now we're actually an energy company? Is this finally going to change the momentum and we're going to see the re-rating of Tesla PE? Because you've been very upset with the PE ratio. Tell them everything. Tell them about how it compares to Chipotle. Come on, tell us. <laughs> so, yeah. Hey, everybody. Um, I love it. I love this conversation. So I think this was, um, I think Farzad summarized it well, and I think Alexander sum summarized it well. If you don't know Tesla and you don't breathe it and eat it every day, this was a great introduction of what they are. And I, I absolutely think, of course, I don't know if the market will get it that they're not a car company, but I think more investors will, more institutions will. I thought it was fabulous. My brain hurts after this, I have to say, but I thought it was a fabulous uh, presentation. We got to hear from everyone. We got Tom Zhu. I loved him. He was clear and concise. We heard from, and, and what I heard just for, for the audience, I heard 40,000 a week, which if you equate, that's 2 million vehicles this year or close to it, 52 weeks, right? We kept hearing 40,000 per week. We heard Franz reiterate Cybertruck. That's a big deal, right? And he said it's coming this year. He reiterated that. We've heard that numerous times now. Cybertruck is coming this year. We don't know the exact volume, but that was huge. So we heard some little nuggets that we know, but other people might be hearing and, and they get the sense of that this team is confident that Tesla is more than a car company. They talked about their mega packs. They talked about um, FSD. They talked about the bot. I love the bot. I think that's a game changer for labor. We need labor. Uh, and I was thinking maybe a hammer in the hand. We saw it with a, you know, a, a motor tool in there. So I, I love that. Um, I would love to see it in person, but Few high, few high points right there, but I thought it was a great presentation. I think it'll take some time to sink in, but I thought overall it was well done. Okay, okay surprisingly surprise. that you actually got moved by this presentation because, you know, I have a little different opinion on that. So as we were watching this presentation, we were chatting with each other, okay, and a couple of big points happened. One was when Tom Zhu came out, Alexander was like all over googly eyes, loving Tom Zoo, and I'm like, I'm supposed to be the love of your life. What what happened there, man? <laughs> Sorry about that, but I was really happy we saw him. I mean, we've been waiting for such a long time, and I think he made a really good impression. Oh, he did. He did. So, uh, and then the second part that happened was as soon as we started talking about supply chain. That's when Jeff Lutz got all excited and he started talking about, oh my God, this is the biggest thing that's ever important for Tesla. What did you hear about supply chain and demand? You know, what I heard is I heard, you know, every company that makes um, auto products or energy products, they have engineers uh, that do industrial design, they have engineers that do vehicle engineering, they have engineers that do factory design. What you heard differently here is they're organized fundamentally differently. Uh, than other companies. And they bring in-house things that are done at multiple different companies and subcontract it out. And then when you kind of put that final product together, it may not be exactly optimized the way you want it, or you may not be able to recover from a pandemic the way you can at Tesla. So it, it, 
analysts and investors should really take away that this company, and this is very hard to copy because these other these other incumbent companies, even newer companies, they're organized fundamentally differently. I would say the new the newer startups, if they can stay capitalized, they have an opportunity uh, to be more nimble in how they're organized and to be more functional in terms of how they're organized. But th- this company is organized fundamentally different. You just did not hear uh, just engineers speaking to slides there and they have metrics on themselves around simplification and around simplification that enables scale and it permeates through every person in the organization you heard it in the presentations it was clearly tied together i thought it was fantastic okay so i've got a question for everybody here but i want to ask the panelist members first quick one minute answers okay did you guys think you heard something new Okay, other than Giga Mexico is uh, official, was there something new? Let's go down the list here, and then I want to ask the audience what you guys think. Well, I won't need a minute because there wasn't much new for me. But, I mean, then again, we're every day on Twitter. We're every day on it. And this wasn't for us, you know. Anybody that was hoping to get in and didn't get in, now it's very clear why we were not there because us, we knew all that. This was not for us. This was for educating institutional investors because Tesla wants that money in for the long term and that's normal. All right, go ahead, Christian. Yeah, I agree with Alexandra. I don't think there was anything per se that was new. I mean, I look at my notes. I don't think anything that hit me is, wow, that was completely new. So I think um, I think it was geared to the institutions and people that are not invested in Tesla to show what this company is about. Okay, Xander. Um, uh, what stood out to me was the the slide that had the van and the uh, and, and the smaller car, the three hundred million and the seven hundred million. Um, so that that was the the numbers uh, that were communicated uh, is what what I uh, geek out on. So uh, trying to wrap my brain around the scale of, of the energy requirements, all of all of those things are uh, th- that was the message that I saw was that we're not just a car company; we are uh, all about energy and. We're very mission driven and very uh, focused on the long term, not just, uh, you know, they said it several times, not the next quarter. Okay, Jeff. Yeah, a couple things stood out to me, actually. I was pleasantly surprised. One, I, I think I predicted, but anyway, a lot of people thought the Gen 3 uh, rollout was going to be a car type, uh, vehicle type. And what they said is that Gen 3 is is a way of engineering and making cars at a much reduced complexity. And it's actually gonna be, it's gonna permeate more multiple form factors. So Gen 3 is not just a lower tier car, it's gonna permeate into multiple form factors. I think that was new uh, to hear. And I, I thought the the energy ramp on the on the energy side, the mega pack side, it looked a little steeper than maybe others have been talking about in, in 24 and out. So uh, those are a couple of things that stood out to me. Okay, so let's ask the audience. If you guys raise your hand, did you guys feel like there was something new other than the Gigafactory Mexico? If you thought something was new, raise your hands. Okay, that's very few people. And I actually agree with you guys. See, these panel members, they're like lost in their own world. I was disappointed, okay? I mean, what, what I was expecting was they were gonna show the Gen 3 platform. I thought they were, they were gonna talk about the margins for the mega packs. Uh, they talk big picture, but I think as long as they talked about how they're going to reduce margin and operating margin, improve operating margin, 
uh, over time. That's what possibly could make the investment firm wake up. And the question is, are they going to piece that together? You know, no, people are shaking heads. No, no trust on that. So we're not, are we here happy with what we saw? Are we still excited or were we dejected? Or are we just, you know, Tesla bull fans who are expecting, you know, the robot to come walking and do, you know, flips after six months? <laughs> I, I would like to add something to that. I was actually surprised how confident they are already in executing Master Plan 3. You know, I had imagined that Master Plan 3 would give some enormous goals that were, you know, a, a real unattainable objectives. And they were reassuring from the start saying, we can get there, we'll make this happen. This may take 10 years, 30 years, but, uh, but we'll make it happen. So I thought that was quite surprising. Yeah, but can I, let me ask you this. Okay, the very first part of the set, uh, presentation, they talked about the macro, right? And they talked about master plan part three. But when I, when I heard it, they were talking about like what the whole world needs to do and that it's achievable. And what I didn't hear is what is Tesla's part in achieving that? They weren't saying we're going to do all of it, were they? No, they were not saying they would do any, all of it, but they're going to be a major player in that. There is no doubt about it. But I think it was important to show that that's where the world has to get to and that's where the world can get to so that other people do the investments too. Every slide showed the trillions of dollars that need to be invested. I mean, it's not going to be Tesla by itself going to invest all those trillions. These needs governments. These needs a lot of institutional investors and all that. But I think they laid out that this is doable and this is now. Yeah. So uh, the panel members on remote, what did you guys think about the demand question? I mean, I thought it was already settled. Wasn't it already settled? Why was that continued to be asked? What did you guys think about their answers? Well, I, I don't think, I think demand, we've already been established that we don't have a demand issue. They reiterated 20 million. How many times did they keep saying 20 million? They're still their goal, right? 20 million. And, and they, they reiterated that. So that was a sign of confidence to me. Um, Zach was great talking about, you know, cost, taking cost out, right? There, this was, I think people, and I saw this on Twitter, this was not announcement day. This was investor day. They were giving a broad vision, right? Elon already said, this is for investors and investors of the earth, right? They're trying to get to a sustain, uh, sustainable future, right? And how are you going to do that? They can't do it themselves, but I think Tesla is going to be the biggest player getting us there, right? So they, they laid out a very general and very specific framework on how they're going to do it. And now they have to implement it. They seem confident. Um, Drew Baglino said this is nothing that's out of reach. They showed the scale by saying this is 1% investment over time. We can do this. There's nothing holding them back from lithium and nickel. They can get it. They're going to do what they have to do. And now when you invest in Tesla, you have to trust in them that the team's going to get the job done, right? So that's essentially what they laid out. They laid out for you how they're going to get there. They gave you specifics and they gave you generalities. And now we just have to wait and see how the, the next few years play out. And I'm confident they're going to get done what they said they're going to get done. Okay. Yeah, well, yeah. well, yeah, we'll put heard, Christian. Go ahead. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Xander, please. Um, I, I just thought this was a, a great vision casting. And um, they... Uh, did give little nuggets uh, as we're discussing it, like the permanent mo uh, magnets in the motors. I thought that that it, this was a call to arms for the entire world and the entire industries or all the industries to um, you know step up as this is this is something that needs uh, 
you know, they, they need help with. So uh, I don't think it's a product announcement, as, as you guys mentioned. I think it's a, it's a very broad view and to get people to invest. Um, that, that That's what was this, sir. Go ahead, Jeff. I think Christian said, well, it's not announcement day. This is how they're going to get there. And I, what my thesis has always been is that they're going to show the way to scale through economics. And they're going to show their approach internally and how they're organized, how they do their work, how they have their goals and metrics. And when they hit the, when they achieve those goals, how it brings down the total economics of what they're building and makes it more available for people to buy. It's like, it's it's pretty clear. It's not putting the the vehicle out there and then saying we'll figure out how to build it. I think that was I think they kind of said like that was Tesla ten years ago and maybe even a little bit uh, on on the Model Three. And now they're they're more about like here's where we need to be at in terms of a in economics and and in volume, and we're and this is how we're methodically engineering. We're and we're organized as a different company with a different approach than other companies that make this stuff to get there. And whatever roadblock is in the way, we're either going to partner with somebody in the industry, and if they can't figure it out, we're going to do it ourselves. So I think as an investor, those are pretty powerful messages, and they're well thought out. They're very well thought out. And finally, i just say one thing. I've been in leading supply chain and, 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 and mm-hmm. at mega cap companies for 20 years. I've never heard a head of engineering or a head of industrial design like Franz on the ID side in Lars. I've never heard uh, talk like that in terms of simplification, in terms of bringing the factory team in concurrently. I've never heard that. Um, does it happen? Yes, it happens at other companies. Does it happen to the extreme? And is it as natural as it is in Tesla? Probably not. I agree, I agree with that. And I think one thing I really kept in my mind was that sentence, no buffers, no waste, right? When they compare it to the OEMs, and I don't even compare anymore. It was just, that's the old way of doing. We did it that way 10 years ago. That's how we do it now. No buffers, no waste. And I also like the little nugget when they refer to Toyota, where tear down the the Y, right? I mean, they had to slip it in and they were clever in doing it. I love that one. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Well, let's talk about the team, guys. Was it my imagination, but was... um, was Drew Baglino like kind of taking over, like having a lot more of a presence? Zach Kirkhorn had a bit of more presence. They presented the talk, Tom Jew, and then all the others. What'd you guys think? I thought it was good. I loved Rebecca. Oh. Who loved Rebecca? Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> I mean, isn't it great that we have the ladies now up there? I mean, she did a great job, very relatable, talking about the charging network. I absolutely loved that. The depth of the bench was great today. I mean, I needed to see that depth for a long time. We always had only Elon and, and obviously lots of the earnings called. You don't have any images. So I really like that we saw them all today, that they all had their part to, to contribute. I mean, some of the stuff I didn't understand the word they were saying, but it all looked impressive. And everybody seems to be so passionate about it. Well, okay, it's just a little bit of controversy here, guys. I Again, I'd have to kind of give another different opinion, sorry. But as much as I like Rebecca, she talked about superchargers. And I was hoping that a third of the presentation is going to be about vehicle, electric vehicles, a third is going to be on batteries, and a third is going to be on energy generation. I didn't want to spend 20 minutes on superchargers, although it's a massive business, it's an incredible competitive advantage, but... I guess where you were disappointed is you were hoping that we already would have the plans for solar farms and for the windmills I, I want and all this, that, uh, Yeah, right? I want the solar farms, guys, there and I didn't, get, I didn't get my solar farms. 
So, I mean, the, the thing again is, there was no particular product announcement, and so there was no particular solar farm. You just have to get over this. This was not about a particular... I think we'll have a Cybertruck day this year. I think we'll have solar days when they come up, but this was not today's date. What do you guys think? That modularity of like that slide that showed uh, multiple people working on uh, different components, that is that that's a change. Uh, and I'd love to hear what Jeff thought of this. Um, but like the, the way that you manufacture a vehicle, this is this is the production line being completely changed. Like I, I noticed that um, as as you, you could make components off to the side. Right. That that's that to me is the big uh, uh innovation here is that is that you're able to um if there's trouble you can you, you can do things on the side without having to uh you know stop the entire line so Je jeff what do you think I, I that was great i mean they're focused on it's like supply chain 101 but you don't hear it much at companies anymore they're counting the number of parts they buy they count the number of parts they make they count the number of process steps the number of robots and they're focused you even saw that in the 4680 slide they're focused on maniacally reducing process steps or eliminating them reducing them in time reducing them in complexity or eliminating them and yeah their approach to manufacturing and basically having a kind of a parallel process running is smart i mean their Lars, you know, again, the head of engineering, you know, broke down very clearly that they're focused on velocity and output per square foot or per square per square meter in the factory. And they know how to measure themselves. And Drew said it, he goes, if you don't measure it, you're not going to you're not going to focus on it. You're not going to fix it. And they have they have if, as an investor, I feel very good about what they measure because what they measure is going to enable the economics, one, and two, it's going to enable the scale. Okay, let's get back to investing, okay? I'm going to do another audience survey. So everybody, just, if you have Tesla stock, raise your hand. Now keep your hand up, okay? And only lower it if you bought uh, Tesla before 2020, okay? You keep your hands up if you uh, bought Tesla before 2015. And then keep your hands up if you bought Tesla at 2012. Only like three of us, four of us, five of us. And who here, ooh, kilowatts. There you go. Keep your hands up if you bought Tesla at the IPO 2010. Good job. We have one guy. Well done. Okay. One guy. And the other person that I know that did this is Amy, and she's going to be joining us. She's actually at the factory. She's one of the top 50 with a golden ticket. And she not only bought it at 2010 at the IPO, but she went all in at 2012. So that is commitment. So for people like us who's invested, do you guys feel like, I mean, we had a rough year, 2022. What do you guys, what were you expecting 2023? Are you guys happy with where we're at? It's flat. Okay. I think you should ask the question, who thinks it's going up, who's going sideways, what's going up? All right, go ahead. Well, let's, let's have Christian. Why don't you ask that question to the group? I'll respond. Here's what I think about. Um, so, yeah, Tesla from 2019 to, to 2021, or, yeah, 2022 even, till we, till we sank, 
we had an epic run, right? Like a 20X, amazing returns, amazing. You know, the market was full of liquidity and I get all that. And then we came back to earth. A confluence of events happened with a lot of things going on that I'm not going to get into, but it caused the stock to be depressed. Now we've rallied off the bottom hundreds. I was buying in that area. I saw great value. And now we kind of doubled off that bottom. And now we're kind of consolidating. Now, who knows what's going to happen? But if Tesla can execute this year, and I think a lot of people are thinking their earnings per share is going to go down. So that's why I think the stock has come in. If they can get that earnings per share, grow it. And I, um, you know, I think Wall Street's at four. If they could get the five or six, that would be huge growth in the earnings per share, like you know, 25%, 30%, 40%. Then your multiple could stay around here in these 50 area, 50, 60. And if you just throw you know, five, well, and 60, you got a $300 stock. So we could still see a nice return into the end of the year. So I think it all comes down to, can Tesla's operating margins hold up? Can they deliver close to 2 million cars? And if they can, and with the mega packs growing and energy being more of a, uh, a consistent driver of the business, if they can do that, I think they're going to be fine. And I think they're, you know, the stock will, will hold up well this year. Okay, what, what is everybody's estimate of the earnings per share for 2023? We know that the analysts are saying $4. But with this investor day, I felt comfortable that they're showing that they can keep the margins up. Bradford. What is your estimate of what is your estimate of earnings per share for 2023, and has it changed based on what you saw today? Five and a half dollars, and did it change based on today? Not really. So you are. So okay, there you go. That's an analyst for you, right there, right? Because you are an analyst. You are an investment firm, right? <laughs> But I'm still at seven. What are you? What are you guys at? Well, I hope they get to six. I, I honestly, it's this is going to be a tough year. They had to reduce prices before they could really uh, cut the operation operating capex. So let's wait. Six, I think, is a a little bit high, but let's hope we get there. Okay. And what are you guys, uh, Xander? What's your thinking? It, it can easily be over five. I, I, I agree with Alexandra that there's uh, things that, uh, you know, this year are, are going to be a challenge, but I, I really look forward to, uh, you know, the, the, the Fed uh, making some sort of uh, pause and, and then, and then that, that will hopefully allow Tesla to shine. Um, there's th that big, it, it's scary, right? For an investor uh, in this, in this climate. Uh, so, yeah, this this is what this is what I'm saying though, right? Because we heard Tesla talk all about the operating margin. That's what matters. They just spent a whole two and a half hours telling you about all the ways they're gonna lower the cost of the car. And they shared that to you, but that went over everybody's heads. And we're thinking, no. It was perfect, right? It was perfect. So if the analyst heard that, Larry. You got to come up here, buddy. You can't hear you at all. So, <laughs> I think you're mistaking the time scale. There's short term, medium term, and long term. Everything tonight was focused on the long term. Somebody asked me at the bar after the, as the presentation was ending, what do you think? I said, the market's going to go down $10. Yes. And it did. Why? Because everybody's looking for the next big thing today. It's not going to happen. I mean, what they're talking about is medium to long term. It's long term. 
And, and people are not looking at that. But that's the value. So you're talking about what's going to happen to the stock this year. Who cares? Really, who cares? Yeah. It's what's going to happen to the stock next year and the year after. And we're going to see some really massive rise. Listen, you know, I, I lived with Amazon down in the, you know, in the bunker fuel state yep. for years. Yep. And, and we're going to go through that process with, with Tesla. But, I mean, what they're talking about t today was classic Elon. It was all strategic, yes. not local, not yes. today, not tomorrow. Yep. It's all strategic. That's what I think. Yeah. I mean, totally agree with you. We are, we are all in this room, long-term investors. We all feel the same way. So I agree with you. So I guess there was two things that I wanted to hear, right? One is change a narrative that we're not just a car company and they talked about energy, but everybody says long-term, long-term, long-term. So forget the impact of the stock this year. And the second thing is margins, right? Can we lower it and stop calling us a car company? We've been re-rated as a car company this year and I can't stand it that People are saying, yeah, this is the right price. 200 is the right price. It's not. So yes, I agree with you that you know, we're talking long-term, but I also don't agree with you that it should be 200 today. So that's just my own thing. I mean, <laughs> we have this kind of com uh, debate every day. <laughs> what do you guys think? Come on. Christian. Larry, who said, down, we, were, we kind of just went down to the bunkers. You know, we hit almost like 75% down off the high. So. You know, we, we've taken a beating. So I agree with him, you know, long term. But here's the thing now. We're going on, you know, we've been around these prices for three years. Now, overall macros, the stocks had a great run. But, you know, if you go one, two, three, four years, I know everybody talks about 2030. But we need to see some progress in the next, you know, I would say two to three years, right? You don't want to just be languishing for too long, especially if you're executing, right? Because then the market's not understanding what you're doing, right? If your earnings is coming through like Tesla's has been, and 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 we're not getting rewarded for the earnings growth, and we're not getting rewarded for the multiple businesses that they're scaling, and we're not getting rewarded for the innovation, and we're not getting rewarded for the AI talent, we're not getting rewarded for anything. You know, we can sit there all day, but you know, at some point you need to recognize value. And they talked about buyback, that's one way to do it, right? Buy back your shares if you think they're undervalued. That's a great way. Long term, Apple's done it over the last you know decade. That's where a lot of their earnings growth has come uh, come from, and people like Buffett love it. You know, buy back your stock, right? They talked about Elon's in favor of it. That's a great way, medium term to long term, to really give shareholder value. So I don't know. I just think these are things now that we're becoming a cash flow machine that Tesla has to think about a little bit more. I know they have grand designs of getting to 2030 and 20 million cars, and I'm on board for all of that. But you also have to look at it from a shareholder value perspective. And you know, people that hold the stock for five or six, seven years want to get some return over that period of time. But I agree with the long term, and I agree with what you're saying. Okay. So, Alexandra, what do you think about capital allocation? You're the person to ask. Were you happy with what you heard? I didn't hear enough, right? I mean, we, we were really waiting for certain numbers that institutionals can refer to. It doesn't matter to me today, but uh, hi, Sandy Monroe. We're going to steal you. We're going to steal him, Sandy. <laughs> so, Sandy, did you... 
Is everybody happy? I just asked if everybody was happy. But I, I really, what I want to do is, uh, I brought some, I brought some uh, trinkets. So uh, I've given some of these away uh, to folks that I know. Here's one for Yes. Whoa! Very good, Ted. Okay, now, how many people here are, uh, are uh, shareholders? Yeah, we all are. <laughs> What's this? What are you giving? What is it? Oh, they're money, money clips. clips. Money clips. Money clips. <laughs> For shareholders. For shareholders. You got to throw it farther. Wow. That guy should be involved. Woo! Take off your shirt, Sandy. That's what you did last time. <laughs> I'm not taking any shirts off. No way. Woo! One more, one more. Yeah. Woo! To get it? Try again. <laughs> okay, last time. There you are. Oh. Oh, wait a minute. I got two more. One. Two. <laughs> oh, and I got one of these. Who wants a thumb drive? <laughs> All right. All right, Sandy. So when you saw. There you go. Okay. Uh, All right. Now I get. Where'd my beer go? <laughs> yeah. Let me hold your beer. <laughs> hold your hold my beer. No, I, I don't <laughs> All right, Sandy. When you saw that, uh, when they showed you how they can collapse the Gen Three platform, that they're going to change it so that it's all like coming in together and totally redesign that. Did yeah. you have a conniption? Did you go crazy, or were you like, yeah, I knew this was going to happen? Uh, I was hoping it was going to happen. Um, we've been, uh, as you probably know, um, I don't know shit. <laughs> Just ask any of the guys that are regular OEM kind of people. But we proposed almost everything that they were talking about. I'm telling you, flat. Elon Musk, I mean, Wait, no, I, you, I can't get anywhere with the other guys. But You proposed this Musk, to Elon, you think? No, I, no, I've been proposing this for like 15, 20 years. But I, can't, I couldn't get anybody's attention. And now Elon Musk, I'm telling you, that, he's like magic. I, uh, even if you've got a, a good idea, you can't get it through with some of these guys. So your shareholders, uh, I'm going to start the day off the right. I think that in uh, probably about three years, maybe less, your shares, based on what I saw, are going to be worth about 1000 bucks each. No problem. No Whoa. problem. Yeah. Oh. Uh, now he's going to have to drink your beer. Drink your beer. Yeah. What? He has to drink his beer. When he says a statement like that, he's got to like, take a drink. Take a swig. <laughs> Do we trust Sandy? A thousand dollars? He's not a financial analyst, guys. So were you... How much, how much uh, margin reduction do you, did you see by hearing the whole presentation, which was designed to tell us how they're doing operation efficiencies? Do you think that it's going to actually reduce margins this year? Or like everybody said, oh, that's like three years from now. That's a year, five years from now. They said 50%, and I believe it. When? Every, uh, I believe next year. So at Boom. the end of the day, <laughs> at the end of the day, everybody's saying, ooh, Tesla won't make any money. Oh, yeah, right. Tell me another. They're going to make tons of money. I'm telling you flat, and they're going to, sh they're going to just gobble the market. Um, and if, uh, if 
I'm, I'm pretty sure there's going to be a couple of uh, early adopter OEMs to, uh, to jump into the uh, affray with, uh, with ch Tesla charging stations. And those guys are going to survive and the rest are going to be fucked. And that's all there is to it. Okay. Tell, tell the truth, okay? You got to tell the truth. Were you expecting a reveal of any vehicle today? Gen 3, compact car, the, the robo-taxi. Did you expect the bot to make an appearance like some people were talking about? No. Bull, come on. Tell the truth. I did. Tell the truth. No, I, what I was expecting was the, uh, the Mexican thing. Everybody's, that's the worst kept secret in the EV world. And that, uh, and that came to pass. And that's really the only way that you can hit a $25,000 uh, big size vehicle. That's number one. And number two, uh, uh, don't, I can tell you right now because I saw it in the video. So they, they threw out a bunch of hints. <clears throat> so we walk through the factory. We got the factory tour. And they had hints laying all over the place. And Corey and I, where is Corey anyways? Must be a drinking, yeah. Oh, he's over there, there he is. Okay, good, good. Okay, so Corey, Corey spotted that the, uh, we were walking by this inspection booth slash production, uh, sorry, prototype production kind of area. And Corey went over and he said, hey, hey, that's not the same inverter. That's got 24, uh, uh, MOSFETs, I see, and, I, and he says, that can't be, that's not the right thing. So we walked over and they have guards and Corey walked over and counted them to make sure that uh, there wasn't 16 like we normally see. And then, uh, and then I went over and I tried to find out what, what else was going on. And I saw this uh, casting that didn't look like anything I ever saw before that came out. So that was one thing that was, uh, was a big deal and that's for that that inverter will be for uh, something big, like it may be for the uh, it may be for the um, what do you call it the cyber cyber truck, but I, I bet you it's more for something bigger than that. Maybe the uh, maybe the semi, yeah. So and then my best thing, I've been uh, talking on on my channel or our channel for uh, for quite some time about hey, you know what, Tesla should go to um, hairpin motor design. And I'm sure that means nothing to everybody here, but at the end of the day, there's two kinds of motor designs. The one they got right now is like a wound motor, but a hairpin motor increases the power by 30%. And, yes, and on top of that, they, we were supposed to not talk about it because it wasn't public domain, but they showed it on the video, being all the, all the tabs being welded together, so. Now it's public domain. Woohoo! So I'm really happy about that too. So I, those are the two things that I, the three things that I really, really am excited and about. And it sounds like it's real, not something that's going to happen three to five years from now, like some people kept saying. So I don't know. Maybe margin might be impacted this year? No? Okay, okay. <laughs> I'm telling you what, uh, they're going to make a shitload of money. I, uh, I'm not allowed to buy Tesla stock straight out. But uh, my agent, uh, who takes care of my money, uh, she said, Oh, Sandy, um, uh, I think that we, we are going to invest in Tesla stock. What'd you and say? I said, well, if you must. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I'm, that's hands off. I didn't, I didn't do it. So. 
I may, I may be able to retire one of these days <laughs> with Tesla stock. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's secret, secret information. Did you see the induction charging, the potential induction charging? So uh, in one of the photos. Charging, yeah. It, um, uh, I know that they're going to do it for sure because everybody is looking at it and figuring out how to make it happen. And, uh, but I think that the big deal is when they said that they were going to lengthen all the, uh, all the plug, uh, plug attachments, uh, like for charging, when I heard that they were going to ex extend them by, I think, two meters, six feet, um, uh, that basically told me that the next stage will be an induction charger. Instead of pulling in and uh, muscling through the uh, winter weather, if you happen to be in Michigan, uh, this way you just drive up, stop, have a coffee, and, and then get charged up and get out. So can we, can we have a shout out for Ryan? Ryan, kilowatts. Hey, buddy. You've done an amazing job with chargers, superchargers everywhere. You found bugs. You found the, the secret information. Oh, my God. That guy's brilliant. Do you, you know kilowatts? Yeah. I, I can barely see. All I can see is that big bright light over there and this one over here. Totally blind. I have no idea. I can see that one guy waving looking for a prize. But I don't think he got one. Did you get anything? Oh, what did he get? I cannot tell what it, what? Oh, money clip. Oh, very good. Okay, so good. Do you not get, as, as Monroe, Monroe Associates, don't you guys get private tours of the Gigafactories? Why, why, no. Are you shitting me? <laughs> I, okay, so let's talk about why I'm here and, uh, and who got me into Tesla. Who got you into Tesla? And Rebecca, right there. Oh, yeah, how did it? What? And Matt. How now, did, how did that happen? Here's the deal. Yeah. Here's the deal, boys and girls. <laughs> he got us in, but he did not get in himself. Thank you. Oh, right, right, right. Sincerely. How did you how did you Matt, pull that strings? There's the other there's the other half. And by the way, if anybody wants to buy a really expensive house, just call right Matt Home. Matt Home. Yeah. He sells really expensive and he's letting us sleep in his condo that Corey and I couldn't afford the living room in. Yeah. What? Yeah, but so you mean you have to get somebody to give you a ticket? You don't have like special one, you know, bat line with Elon. Hey, Elon, oh, I'm coming. Oh, hang on a second. Uh, you need to know the real story behind this. What? No, what that? No. Corey saying no. Don't say anything. No, no, that's for another time. No. That's for another time. No, All right. really? Don't say anything. This what? is on the internet. Don't say anything. Corey said, your boss. Corey's your boss, right? He's the president of Monroe said. So I got a shitload of bosses. No, he's your boss. I got a wife. I got Corey. Your wife. I got the finance people. <laughs> Everybody's my boss. Everybody okay. says, don't shut Don't say up. it. Corey said, don't, don't say yeah. it. Corey. Corey. Hey, hey, I have to have a picture like this because you did it with Farzad. Okay, look at that. Uh, I, did, I did more for you than Farzad did, right? In my video. Hey, so Corey, what was for you when you were walking and giving your, that tour, you saw things, right? What, was the, what were you looking for? Like, you guys are nerds, man. You're looking for things that I wouldn't look for. <laughs> Well, first of all, 
we kept getting stopped. Sandy got stopped every 50 feet by institutional investors. It was a while. So the, the two were supposed to go along and Sandy and I are looking at every little thing. So that thing he described, that inverter that we saw is something I've never seen. We've torn down every single Tesla that's been built. So we were literally sketching what it looked like. We were writing down the form factor. It's in, it's, well, sorry. It's been a long day. Anyway, I in my pocket I got my little sketchbook. Corey sketched it out, and uh, and that's where I got all of the uh, all my notes. So, and the biggest takeaway I saw was the Ford, the announcement of transitioning to a forty-eight volt architecture for the whole vehicle, particularly because they're going to insource hundred percent of the electronics. That is huge, absolutely huge, because the entire tier one and tier two supplier base has been 12 volt for the past 50 years. More that, than that. 100 it's years. In, yeah, 100 years in. So being able to control all the electric architecture and shift to 48 volts is gonna cut so much weight and waste out of the vehicle. They're essentially departing from the entire automotive industry and say, saying, do this or fall behind. Right. The other thing that you should know is that I don't, I, I, I'm doing this from memory, but this will save 50% of the weight. 50% is a big number in, uh, in harnesses and whatnot for communications anyway, for the 48 volt stuff. There's a lot of low voltage stuff that's inside your car. Uh, it doesn't matter to you, but it makes a big difference when you start saying, I want to go to 40, higher voltage means smaller diameter wires basically. And that's kind of like what you're going to see coming up really quick. And here's the other thing. When, he, when Elon takes Tesla into the 48-volt system, guess what? He just created a new market. The new market will be selling those uh, uh, switches and, uh, and solenoids and everything else that's now in 12-volt. These clowns that were in the Tier 2s, and tier th actually two two guy and the guys they're going to get left in the dust. So not only are you going to make money basically on cars and on the electrification of the rest of the fleets inside of the United States and the uh, the, the uh, what do you call it uh, power generation systems that that he's putting up all over. Now you're going to be in the tier two supply community. What a genius! I tell you, tell you. <laughs> what was your uh, what was your reaction or thoughts about these the software controlling the hardware and they spent a lot of time on saying that they can actually measure uh, everything that's happening and they can now control the hardware if they improve the software well that's the way it works right now but what they actually said was there's something new that that they're doing with software so what they're doing is they're taking a module and instead of having a harness that goes here and it has a connection that goes over there and there's a little jumper cable or something like that. What they're going to do is they're going to use little isolated modules and they're going to bring, it's basically going to be direct. And so anybody that knows something about uh, efficiency knows that when you, uh, when you go direct, it, it, it increases the efficiency of everything. So that means that you're going to move faster. And you think that, you know, wow, I switched on the light and, you know, the light switch and the when you start looking at how quickly you need to have reaction time in an accident and things like that, this is what do you call it, edge computing. And that edge computing is really going to uh, increase 
the speed that the, that the rest of the computers can use. Plus, it's lighter, and it's, uh, it's a lot cheaper. It's, uh, it's a lot cheaper. Okay. I'm going to broker a deal right now. Okay, Xander, get ready. Xander bought a Tesla Semi. I'm going to let you guys buy it off Xander so you can rip it apart. How much is it going to cost us, Xander? Did I tell you you're my... I like you the best. Oh! I really do. Yeah. I don't hey, care about I'm anything. The, I'm the agent, okay? Xander, sell it to them. <laughs> Sander. We, we don't even know how much it's going to cost yet. <laughs> Say it again. I said we don't even know how much it's going to cost yet. When when we booked it, which was on the last day in the last few hours, uh, which was a total coincidence, but um, it, it was uh, the 180,000 price. But if you look at it, you're not really you're just getting in line with the reservation, just like uh, the Cybertruck. So, uh, but hey, we're uh, we have some plans for it, but uh, we, we're to open them, to Andrew. discussions. Sell it to them. Five hundred. It's Bradford. Throw that guy out. Bradford. Only Corey could afford five hundred thousand. Okay, who owns a Cybertruck and who who's got a who's got an early reservation of Cybertruck and who's gonna Okay, then who's gonna sell it? To oh, them? I thought you I thought you were talking about the semi. Sorry. Oh no no, we weren't talking about semi. Oh yeah, yes. he's talking to semi. No, I'm not talking about yeah, Cybertruck. I got now. five of those. We got five. Oh, of you those got five? Yeah, but who gets the early reservations? You want to give it to them? Sell it to them? Nobody no, wants to got, sell it to you. We, we, we were in on the first five minutes. Wait, wait. Ryan, Ryan from Kilowatts has 51 Cybertruck, 52 Cybertruck. Who here has more than 52 Cybertruck reservations? No one except for Ryan. Wow. So you give it to them. Grace. Yeah. Where's Grace? Grace? <laughs> oh, oh, sorry. Never mind, Grace. Aaron. Aaron is looking for a really hot guy, and you obviously are. That's got a shitload of money. Aaron is one of our gals, and um, I was going to mention Grace because she was looking for a prince. I'll stop him. You don't quite look at Your boss enough. just told you to stop. It's, this is on the internet. The boss just <laughs> said so. Inna inappropriate, Sandy. Yeah, inappropriate. <laughs> but you know what? That's my middle name. Alexander Sandy Inappropriate Monroe. Yeah. Wait, your name is Alexander, too? Because we have Alexandra, we have Xander, and you got Alexander. Exactly. All right. And actually, I just met an Indian guy. His name's Sikander. And Sikander and Alexander is the same. That's why I got Sandy. It's oh. a long story, but uh, a lot of guys from Scotland went to India and uh, right. on and so, on. Corey, yeah. how do you handle this guy? What is he like working with, man? Does he listen to you or like, are you the um, boss? Or he's um, the boss. He's the boss. You just have the label that says president. He, he owns... No, no, he, no, he's the president. Yeah. yeah, so it's tough. It's every year I add about three to five years on my life. I'm actually getting some gray hairs. Oh, thanks. Yeah, I appreciate it. Um, no, but dealing with Sandy is really a joy because I've spent, eight, I spent 18 years with this guy. And I spend more time with Sandy on a yearly basis than my wife and children. We, we were Which on the road. inappropriate. <laughs> we were on the road for 100 days last year. Vietnam, Japan, our road trips. 11 straight days in a car, 20 hours of driving most of those days. How did you experience the, the, the other people there today? Were they, did they know something about Tesla? Did they ask the right questions? You know, the institutionals around there? How did you feel about the them? Yeah. I, I found that the institutional investors were asking basic questions. And clearly, the presentation, particularly the back half, was geared towards convincing them to invest for the long term. 
Elon even qualified the Q&A with, hey, don't ask any like quarterly projection numbers. We want long-term investment. And my favorite part of the presentation was actually when they went over the operating expenses, particularly how they have their own internal software team that applies the same methodologies that they do on their cars on how they operate the, the, their actual business. And that struck a chord with Sandy and I because we use all sorts of third-party softwares to process our AP and our 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 everything, our HR, and it's a huge pain. And if we had an internal software team that developed elegant software solutions for our business, that'd be phenomenal. So hearing that is not something that you would hear a large OEM bragging about because they just don't do it. They rely on third-party companies to develop software services. So I really like that portion. Yeah. So when you, uh, seriously, when you start fooling around with CapEx and, um, and your internal operation systems like AR and AP and whatnot, um, most people just, they, they don't care about that. But here's the deal. Um, a well-run company knows the big shots will know exactly how much money's in the bank, how much their AP and AR are exactly. And, uh, and quite frankly, uh, I have to take my hands. Like I, okay, so another thing that I've been criticized for by the, not just the automotive OEMs, but OEMs in general is vertical integration. I'm a huge fan. When, when Tesla, or sorry, when Elon started talking about vertical integration and what he's doing, the general population basically said that's, that's stupid. You don't want to do that. You want to hand stuff out. But here's the deal. When you hire a, high, a, a tier one guy, he has to make money. He has to buy from a tier two guy. He has to make money. He has to buy from a tier three guy. He has to make, and all the way down to tier six. And what I was really shocked with was, uh, I can't remember what the guy's name was. I can't remember which. Anyhow, I can't, I'm not really good with names. But anyway, one of the guys that, uh, that was making their presentations today said, we're dealing with tier six. These are guys that basically have gravel that uh, they grind up. That's tier six. And Tesla is looking all the way down so they don't get caught in a situation where, uh, you know, you've got children in, uh, in, in um, what do you call it, uh, Congo, uh, scraping around with a trowel trying to get, uh, trying to get uh, cobalt, cobalt out of the ground. I mean, this kind of stuff, that shows real leadership and real humanity. You don't see too much of that when you've got, a, I hate to say it, MBA kind of people. You've got to focus your attention on... On the world, as in fact, that's what the, the whole topic today was: what can we do for sustainability in the world, not just a car? And that's, I mean, that's like elevated to godlike. Yeah. Okay, I have, um, I have a question that I know a lot of people wanted to ask you, which is: a few days ago, Toyota came out and said they took apart the Model Y. First of all, why didn't they pay you guys to do that? And then they said, "Oh my God, this is the greatest thing ever." Then Elon and Tesla said, this is great. Come on, give it to them. Give them the mic. Give them the mic. Not a chance. <laughs> no. Here, I will tell you one thing. The, uh, the, the day that Toyota with a D got sacked or pushed aside, whatever you want, and Sake-san showed up, that was the day that I changed my mind on I, I, I figure that VW's got a lot of issues. I have no idea how they're going to pull out. Uh, I don't know how they're going to get any success. That's one. 
Toyota was right behind him with his stupid hydrogen shit. And when, what's his name came along? Oh my gosh, I didn't realize there were so many anti-hydrogen. Yeah, anyhow. <laughs> anyway, you look this way, and now Sake san is going, we're going that way. And uh, that guy, because Toyota turns much faster than a, they're the biggest car company on the planet, and they can turn really, really quick. And so I'm expecting that now you're going to see at least, I'm, I'm going to predict three. Number one is, to, uh, is Tesla. Tesla is going to be kicking ass. Number two, right now anyways, is Ford. Number three is Toyota. Uh, and then there's a bunch of other pretenders that you are think underneath. number three is to, not, Who? Wow. Kia. Kia. Kia and Hyundai. They're in that group, but they're in high up. So Rivian, Kia, Hyundai, uh, and, and uh, Geely, who owns Volvo, uh, Polestar, uh, 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 Linko, uh, what's it? Lincoln Co. Lincoln Co. and any other one. I uh, can't remember. Oh? Lucid. Next question. Okay. Well, first of all, I'm shocked, but I Don't cannot argue with Sandy. I did not think that Toyota will survive and let alone be number three. But... Sorry? I got something to add on the Toyota oh, thing. So think of the context of the statement from Toyota. Yesterday, they're marveling at the Model Y. It's Model Y. They're mar work of art. And today, Tesla announced their next generation vehicle, which will be 50% the cost of the current Model 3. Think about what that means. It's a, Tesla's making a step change improvement to cut their cost by 50%. And we costed a Model 3. And you remember what it cost? when we costed it? $35,000. That's what our should cost was. And in 2022, Elon Musk said the cost of their Tesla Model 3 was about 35,000. Right. So we predicted what it should cost Tesla to build their Model 3 back in 2018. 50% of 35,000 is what? About 17 grand, 17.5. Yeah. Yep. You can sell a $25,000 vehicle if it costs $17,500 And, make, to and make more money than everybody else. Because at the end of the day, no one on the planet makes more money per car than Tesla. Okay, can you, um, can you guys give me and Farzad an exclusive? Say something that we haven't heard yet. Will you please give me a prediction of which car company do you think will go down and go bankrupt first? I got something in my eye. Corey. Corey is in my eye. Uh, I did, I, uh, this is uh, kind of like... Okay, why? I'm not allowed to ask you that. My boss just told me I can't ask you that. Sorry. Oh, good. Thank you so much. Thank you. Let's move on. Hey. Why not? How about them taggers? Uh, yeah, right. Okay. All right, fine. I can't ask you that question. Sorry. No, we can't, uh, we can't do stock predictions. Now, if I was you just like did. Hindenburg... You just said, no, no. you walked up here, you said $1,000 in two years. Sandy, this yeah. is on the internet, remember? Yeah, I know. So here's the thing. Uh, that, that's why we have to move away from that. So I would like to tell you that's the cutest dog in the whole place. Yeah, there you are. But you know what really pisses me off? And I can't stop? Why is it that Hindenburg can destroy, I mean destroy a company and sell, sell short? Why is it that they can get away with that? But if you encourage someone... If you encourage somebody to buy in a stock, you get thrown in jail. So you've got, uh, you've got some clout. You've got congressmen and senators. Ask them. 
phone them up and say, hey, uh, before I write this check to whether you're a Democrat or Republican or communist or Nazi, I don't care which, before you write a check, ask them, are you going to do anything about short selling? Yeah. Can we have the, the panel members so here? So Corey Christian, is getting very unhappy. So Christian, Xander, and um, uh, Jeff, can you guys ask a question? You want to ask them? You've, you've got them on the panel here. Go ahead. What have you been burning to ask Sandy and Corey a question? No, I, I love the, the discussion. Um, I love uh, the interview you did with Corey. Very insightful. I love Sandy's humor. Uh, you're, 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 you're cracking me up tonight. I love it. So the, I guess the question I would ask is, so tonight you've seen a lot without giving any trade secrets away. We know Tesla's way ahead. And, and Corey just talked about costs going down, you know, from 35 to 17 and a half thousand, which is incredible. Um, do you see, and this is just a general question. Do you see with the, with the um, reduction of the sales price that Tesla has announced, do you think that their gross margins will hold up with the, the, the cost of the car coming down and the efficiencies they made in the new factories? Do you see the gross margins holding up where they were last year? Or do you see more of a dent in, in those margins? I would love to, to know that. Sandy, Sandy's. I see it. Sandy's gathering his thoughts. Yeah, I, 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 I was listening when they were talking. I just don't. I, uh, I was writing an awful lot, but I can't remember where it was. But it doesn't really matter. Because when you drop the price by 30%, and that's kind of like the number that I, I've got stuck in my mind. I can't remember anybody's name. But I do remember numbers and I do remember designs. And I think that what they said was they're decreasing the cost of the Model 3 and the Model Y by about 30%. When you decrease the price, by, or sorry, the cost by 30%, and then you come back and you say to the general buying public, hey, you know what, um, we'll, uh, we'll toss you a bone and... Uh, it's still going to be more than everybody else. It's still going to be, it's still going to be 30%. I mean. <laughs> Sandy, I've been sipping on that the whole hour. He comes up and you've been sipping on your beer the whole day. And he's like, takes your seconds. <laughs> I drank it. it. <laughs> Anybody else, Xander or Jeff, you want to ask him a question? Yeah, I was going to ask if uh, if uh, Corey yeah. would chug a beer. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I was, I was going to ask if you saw anything related to the construction or individual components of the Cybertruck that were surprising or different than what you perceived before the tour. There was nothing um, super different. We saw that it had air suspension, and we knew that before. The, the lines look a lot crisper. This is a pre-production kind of car, so uh, I'm pretty happy about that. Um, we weren't allowed to get too close. They had a red rope and people in back of it. They were bigger than me, so... Hmm. Actually, here's a little funny story. <laughs> I told the... Uh, I, I, I talked to the guy, and I said, uh, really, what I want to go and see is uh, I want to see how you've implemented the Hydra presses. And he says, um, well, we're not going to give that in this part of the tour. And I said, come on. I said, where is it? He says, well, it's over there. And I said, well, uh, how about if I just strolled over there and, you know, and the guy said, I don't think that would be recommended. 
So I said, well, why not? He said, well, you see those four big guys over there? They could kick your ass. Okay, fine. So I, and they were big. They were a lot bigger than where I was. So, uh, so Corey could have taken them, but then he would have ran away and left me. So, <laughs> and that's true. You think I'm just jerking you around, don't you? That is exactly the conversation. I uh, couldn't get over there. So I would have loved to have reported on that. Did it have a yes, it did. Wind wiper. It had one window wiper. One huge one. It is there. Along the driver's A pillar. Uh, the rearview mirrors were a little triangles. Yeah, little triangles. I posted a picture on my Twitter. Yeah. And, and that's all you really need because eventually you're going to be ripping them off. Because sooner or later, the guy in Nishta that says, we have to have rearview mirrors because back in 54, when I got my job, we had rearview mirrors, and I don't want to lose my job until I get retired or died. And that's the only reason we have rearview mirrors, because they don't have them in Europe. Why have we got it? What's wrong with a little teeny camera that you can actually see that'll never frost over? On and on. Oh, go ahead. Okay. Can you settle a debate? Um, so I've been saying that the Gen 3 platform, the robo-taxi specifically, the dedicated robo-taxi, is going to be built on the Cybertruck platform, not the 3 and Y. Am I wrong? Yes. Or am I right? No, they, they mentioned it today. They, they slipped say? it in. What they slip in? They said the next-gen platform, and then they said the variant for the robo-taxi. It was, it was yes. very subtle. I remember I it. Saw, I heard that, yeah. So they mentioned next-gen, not Gen 3, next-gen and robo-taxi. So I think it's going to be on that platform. The 3 and Y? No, the next gen. Which is what platform? I think it'll be smaller. It's going to be a yeah. new platform? So that, new there, pl I have a question, Corey, because in the, in the interview with Herbert, you said it will be a better decision to go for the van than for a compact car. Do yeah. you still have that impression tonight? I still do have that impression. Because when you're trying to move a lot of people... You, you don't want something that's small, like a Model 3 or even a Model Y. Sandy and I have been driven around the whole time we've been here, which is really nice. But every time it's a Model 3, you know, you kind of jam in there. A Model Y is better and a Model X is amazing. So having something even bigger will actually be more ideal for moving people, especially for people with, who are either older in age or have disabilities. Uh, you want something that's larger. I think... You, you still think there's a bigger one first before the compact? I don't think it'll be first, no. I think that, uh, I think that Elon Musk is a greedy guy, and I think you'll have both, and they'll probably show up at the same time. Yeah, so All there right. you go. I'm going to put my hand over these guys. You guys clap. How much do you guys like Corey? How much do you guys like Sandy? So you got work to do, Corey. Yeah, I know. Not gonna work. It's not gonna happen. But just, the thing is, I mean, I'm old. I'll die pretty soon. Oh. Corey will take over completely. Yeah. Whoa. I'll retire then. How's that? Yeah. Oh no. Okay, good. My wife will like that answer better anyway. Yeah. So we there can't. You go. We can't have you retire. You're too yeah. important to this community. We don't know the information you know. You know what? Pretty soon, you believe it. Believe it or not, I I I truly strongly believe that um, in the not too distant future. Um, the other guys will be looking for, like everybody else that isn't here tonight, they'll be looking for a hero. Somebody to bring him back to the Ice Age. Somebody that'll, you know, talk about the good old days. And the crowd for Tesla will be basically everywhere. 
everywhere. What's the not the Duke? Of, yeah, the Dukes of Hazard. You know, but you 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 got to worry about uh, what was the name of that girl with the Desi Daisy 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 Duke. If Daisy she Duke. shows up, then the whole thing's off. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Are you shitting me? Yeah. Okay. What is it? Stand up. This is this the guy. This is Corey Steuben. Yeah. And he sorted it out. He sorted it out before anybody figured it out. Yeah. Right there. It's, it's, right there. It's body side. It's body side in outers in racks. And I even found an image on the internet of what exactly what they look like, not all darkened out. I posted it on my Twitter and it got like a million views. And essentially. It's very clear, it's just racks of body side hours. But what they were trying to say, if you look at his shirt, it's supposed to imply the massive scale. Because each one of those racks holds anywhere from eight to 12. So just that image or the image on our invitation represents one day's worth of production. So yeah. Corey, that is a side panel, right? So what about all of us who are wishing and hoping that there's gonna be a single stamp and you guys have said, no, uh, Elon has said, no, this doesn't so, make sense. So think of the tonnage of the machines. Currently, they have a 6,000 ton press that makes the front piece and the rear piece total of 220 pounds, about 100 pounds each. You're going to need a press that can cast even more than that, probably 600 pounds. People think that that's what was sent to China. So you will need a press even bigger than 9,000 because the amount of tonnage you need to fill up a part that big is astronomical. Be I don't, the, the machine doesn't exist right now. So unfortunately, I just don't think that physically it's possible, but the machines don't exist Even right now. Even for a now. compact car, because people are saying that that's why they saw the Gigapress being sold to China. They go, it's bread, so it must be for oh, Tesla. I, I think you could get maybe three quarters of a car, maybe the front and then most of the rails, where there, we have two Giga castings that connect. But I don't think you can get the whole thing yet. And it seems the opposite to what we saw, which is instead of one cast, they said, I'm going to make a bunch of modular parts that are connected together. Well, that's what GM is doing. They're, um, they're getting into casting, but they're using um, semi-permanent green sand kind of molds. Those aren't my first choice. They, they didn't want to spend the big money. And you were mentioning China. China, uh, they bought, so Hydra Press, uh, the guys that uh, Tesla uses, they, uh, they didn't get that order, and it was a Chinese press company that owns Hydra. They got them, and now they're scrapping them out. And they're putting in, um, what's the name of those things? Uh, 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 anyways, the guys from Switzerland, they're, they're, uh, they're, they're, they're using their presses, and, uh, and, and they work really well. So Hydra and the Swiss company that I can't remember. What the hell is their name? Uh, I don't remember. B. Anyways, anyways, those two guys are, uh, they make the presses that can make things happen, but only Hydra can make a 9,000 ton press and an 8,000 ton press reliably. So there you go. All right, everybody. So, so this is Cyber Bulls. Uh, we have a regular video podcast every Tuesday on my channel, Brighter with Herbert. And you can see how the most important people show up and we have great debates with stocks and investment. And of course, we all love Tesla. So thank you guys very much. This was a great show. Thank you for helping us uh, pump us hey, up. Hey, no problem. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. And uh, you're going to promise that I'm going to have a time with Sandy, my interview one-on-one? -on -one? Oh, yeah. He wants an interview yeah. with you. Yeah, well, come on. Before, uh, okay. before you yeah. retire. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's a good interviewer. Yes. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs>